From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, February 28th. After a lot of public feedback, two noise demonstrations, and a more accurate financial outlook, the Moab City Council is backing off from a plan to build pickleball courts at Old City Park. I never thought in my wildest dreams that the first controversial issue that we'd be dealing with was pickleball. First-term mayor Joette Langanese. Shortly after the council approved Old City Park as a location for the courts last month, A petition opposing the move gathered hundreds of digital signatures. Those who made comments on the petition stated they were concerned about pickleball changing the quiet atmosphere of the park. I appreciate everybody's uh, comments out there from the community, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again on another issue that's just as important. Although the city council did seem to take public feedback into their decision not to continue pursuing courts at Old City Park, the financial outlook of the project was also a factor. Pickleball courts were originally projected to cost $160,000, but city staff says that figure is now getting closer to $300,000. That means even with a grant, the city's investment would be much larger than originally anticipated. Moab City's Parks, Rec, and Trails director, Annie McVeigh, says she will now support Grand County to build pickleball courts at the Old Spanish Trail Arena. We have been talking with the Old Spanish Trail Arena, and they have had plans for pickleball for many years, but this has not been funded. So we would like to put our efforts um, towards, or put our support towards their efforts. During their discussion, city council members expressed once again a need to be more proactive about bringing the community into their decision-making process. Much of the feedback opposing pickleball courts at Old City Park came after the council's decision to move forward with the project. Kaylin Jones wondered if even placing a bigger sign on property being considered for a change in use would be helpful. Just so that we don't end up making a decision before the neighbors really know about it. And I realize there's always going to be someone who doesn't know about it prior to our decision, but maybe we could have done better this time and could have slowed down a little before making the decision. City Council Member Tawny Knutson-Boyd called for more introspection on the council's part before staff time is committed to certain projects. And she hoped residents would show up for what she called some of the city's more difficult decisions, too. I wish our residents would get as fired up and as worked up and excited about our crumbling sewer pipes and our water pipes and affordable housing. Um, we've, we've got a lot of hard things to deal with, and we, we need community support in those difficult decisions, not just the ones that are recreation related. Responded Mary Langanese. Yes, you are correct. Um, unfortunately, you can't see the pipes under the streets until your toilet backs up. In other words, until it affects your figurative backyard. For more stories on pickleball in Moab, visit the show notes of today's news. Speaking of things that won't be happening, a bill that would have eliminated Utah's vote-by-mail system failed in a House committee last week. The legislation also would have banned turning in other people's voter registration forms for them. And it would have required the state to hire an outside firm to conduct audits of each election. Supporters of the bill said it was meant to prevent fraud, but they couldn't provide any evidence of widespread irregularities. Opponents said it would have made it harder to vote 
and reduce turnout. As the U.S. transitions away from coal, many communities are looking to tourism to fill the economic gap left behind by a shuttered industry. But other communities began that transition decades ago and are now facing new challenges. As Christopher Biddle with our partners at KBUT reports, there's a new initiative in the Colorado legislature to rewrite some of the rules of the post-coal economy. Gunnison County Commissioner Jonathan Houck assumed his leadership role just as the coal industry there was really bottoming out. The closure of two mines, one suddenly after a fire and subsequent collapse, was a big hit to the county's tax base. Here's how Houck puts it in perspective. If you equate what that meant to the economy here and what that would look like in Denver, that would be like a company with 17,000 people leaving Denver. That's a big deal. But luckily, Gunnison County had planned for this. Over the other side of Kebler Pass is the town of Crested Butte, once an outpost for the numerous mines of all sorts in the area. In the 60s, when the industry couldn't sustain the town anymore, the locals successfully made the switch to skiing. In time, Crested Butte also became a hub for mountain biking and became famous for its wildflower festival held every spring. In 2002, the county took advantage of a state law that allowed it to collect a 4% lodging tax. Again, Jonathan Houck. So that could be a hotel, a motel, a bed and breakfast, a short-term rental, uh, anything under 30 days, they pay that fee, that tax. And that then goes into a fund that is overseen by the Board of County Commissioners. Who are then obligated to spend that money on tourism promotion And it worked. Save for the Great Recession, the area saw steady growth in visitation for almost two decades. But tourism also began to take its toll on the community. Waves of gentrification doubled and then tripled the cost of housing. The urban hordes trashed natural settings and eroded bike trails. Locals complained about a lack of diverse job offerings. The community adapted to some of these concerns. Local organizers and volunteer groups took stewardship of the trails and other natural settings. The Ice Lab, a sort of training school for entrepreneurs, came right out of federal money meant for communities transitioning from coal and was meant to bring new and exciting jobs. Still, the housing problem just got worse and worse. All the while, a growing contingent of residents were calling for a halt to marketing for tourism while the county dealt with more pressing problems. Then the pandemic hit. The system collapsed and never fully recovered. The town of Crested Butte declared an official housing emergency. Worker shortages closed businesses, and the cost of housing shot up again. In a knee-jerk reaction, county commissioners turned off summer tourism marketing and used the money instead to promote the local college, because at least students could live in dorms and wouldn't be adding to the problem. Two years out, with the housing crisis in full swing, Hauk wants to spend money on something that helps, not just something that doesn't hurt. Which is why he's asking the legislature to change the rules for lodging taxes. Trust communities. They're still going to market. They still want to bring people to their community. But at the same time, they want to grow the amenities that they need for the workers and for the landscape. And so that's really what we're trying to do is not pigeonhole it into it can only be for housing, but housing could be one of many things that this expanded use would allow. 
State Representative Dylan Roberts, a Democrat of Avon, agrees. And of course, our mountain communities are great and people are certainly coming to visit our mountain communities. And so um, there's been a push by county commissioners and local governments to be to ask us to change the law so that they can use lodging tax revenue for workforce needs like housing, child care community development. That's Representative Roberts speaking at a town hall event in early January before he and a bipartisan group of lawmakers introduced a bill that would open the door for lodging taxes to go somewhere other than tourism marketing. And so that would be a really exciting, uh, sustainable source of funding for affordable housing for our workforce or other workforce needs. Roberts has bipartisan support with Republican sponsors in both the Senate and the House. The bill was orchestrated mostly by a coalition of Colorado counties, and Hauk played a major role in its writing. It's not the first time he's tried to push an idea like this, and he usually meets a united front from tourist industry leaders like Vale and Altera. He thinks that this year, the situation has changed for enough communities that the bill will pass. There is still one operating coal mine in Gunnison County, and coal still makes up a major part of the county's tax revenue. The mine's eventual closure may not be as big of a hit to the county next time around if they have new options. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Christopher Biddle. This story is part of a Rocky Mountain Community Radio reporting collaboration on the transition away from fossil fuels. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, February 28th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.